You're listening to episode 12 of Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's podcast, I have a very special interview and totally different than anything we've ever put on the podcast before. I'm interviewing Natalie Cooper from Mind Your Own Life, and we're going to delve all into why healthy leaders prioritize self-care and how you can start doing that as well. So let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the seven-figure ethical fashion brand Encircled, business coach and business mentor and host of this podcast. I am so excited to have you back for another interview on my podcast. I think you're going to love this one. It's definitely different than anything we've ever had on the podcast. I talk a lot about mindset on the podcast, but I haven't talked a lot about self-care. And one of the reasons why is because I don't generally consider myself to be the expert in that area, although I'm very into a lot of self-care practices, and I would say more than as of late, I've been more into them. I, that is not my background. That is not my training. So I love to bring in experts who can talk intelligently about easy things that we can all do as entrepreneurs to better our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health, because that has never mattered more than ever. If you're coming out of 2020 and feeling like you need a year-long vacation, trust me, you are not alone in that. I feel you. I think 2020 took a lot out of a lot of us. And just the mental stress of, you know, always being in that fight or flight mode for me personally had taken its toll both physically and mentally on myself. So it's important to really develop some go-to practices for self-care. And I'm not talking about, you know, baths, although baths could be a self-care thing, but I'm talking about developing some good go-to things you can do on the regular so that you can keep your health and wellness in check. Um, so I've never been more excited to introduce a guest. I've been on her podcast, which I'll link in the bio. She is amazing. Her name's Natalie Cooper. She is a soul on a mission to support you in becoming an active participant in your own healing, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. As a successful self-healer, Natalie is living medication and symptom-free from two chronic autoimmune diseases, Crohn's and multiple sclerosis. She believes in the power of mindfulness, intention, and self-care to create health, happiness, and experiences you desire in life. She's a certified meditation instructor, Reiki healer, doula, and coach, and she also has a podcast called the Mind Your Own Life Podcast, where she interviews those who are living aligned lives on a variety of topics, including spirituality, healing, self-love, sustainability, entrepreneurship, and more. Please join me in welcoming Natalie to the podcast. Okay, so I'm really excited to introduce the next guest for this podcast, Natalie from Mind Your Own Life. Natalie is a certified meditation instructor, Reiki healer, doula, and coach. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I was just talking to my husband about this one, and I'm like, 
I love Christy so much. It's been such a gift to get to know you and meet you and to have you on my podcast this year. So I'm just so grateful to have this conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I have to say I, I did Natalie's podcast, which we'll link to um, in the show notes. Uh, it was probably a couple months ago. And you had such in-depth questions about ethical fashion, which I I. I thought was so impressive because I know that's just not your area of expertise, but you could tell it was, you were like super well-researched, which was really amazing. Yeah. I really, I'm so interested in it. And I feel like just coming across you, I believe everything happens for a reason. And I feel like just since that conversation, I've changed a lot of my habits in terms of, you know, ethical consumerism. And I feel just so grateful to you for educating so much um, on your personal page and through Encircled. So yeah, I've just been loving this. It's been a beautiful um, merger this year to uh, (laughs) to make friends with you and to be a part of um, this whole thing. So thank you. Awesome. So let's start off and maybe tell the listeners a little bit about your journey because you are not my typical guest on the podcast. So spoiler alert, Natalie is not going to talk about e-commerce marketing strategies, but she's going to talk about something that I think is even more valuable. Um, So why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Where did you grow up? What did you study? um, And what do you do now? And how did you get there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I grew up just north of Toronto in Thornhill and um, had a pretty typical childhood, Um, spent a lot of time at a cottage growing up. So really had a connection to nature from that. And I think that's carried through most of my life Um, and uh, went to school for something I don't use at all now, as many of us can relate to. (laughs) So I studied political science at Western and um, it was, yeah, it was like, I found it so interesting into the like the historical side of things and um I guess lately with all of the insane politics <laughs> I've had a little bit of a background which has been really mm-hmm. interesting um but yeah I, I went to school did my four years and then I moved away to Australia for four years after that and had a really beautiful experience over there and at that point um near the end of my time in Australia I started to have a lot of physical um ailments and symptoms that were happening uh which led to an event like eventually led to a diagnosis with Crohn's disease um so that was my first kind of little eye-opener <laughs> into kind mm-hmm. of the the connection with my body and understanding you know you know my health was kind of a gift and I maybe been taking it for granted a little bit drinking too much not eating healthy foods you know mm-hmm. living that neverland lifestyle in mm-hmm. Australia um so that was um my first little foray into understanding my body in a different way and Um, kind of ignored it, took some medication for it, but didn't really ever address what I believe was the source of the issue. Um, And yeah, I was in a little bit of a denial stage, I would say from that. And then um, came home from Australia and jumped right into a busy, busy advertising career. Um, I was lucky enough to kind of get started in marketing um, at a great agency in Toronto. Uh, and then I worked my way up a little bit and I was working on some huge brands like Volkswagen. I was actually there during their whole Dieselgate scandal. So that oh, was wow. a very intense <laughs> That's stressful, period. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it was just advertising. I mean, if anybody's worked in that industry, it's, you know, a lot of hours, a lot of, you know, everything's due yesterday, 
quick deliverables, um, you know, client service and keeping the client happy. So, you know, it, as much as it was a lot of fun, it was also extremely stressful for me. Um, and I realized again, I was having some new symptoms and, um, as kind of six months went on from the beginning of my first symptom to my diagnosis, um, things got a little bit more stressful and severe. Um, and I had like a tightening around my chest that was kind of scary. It felt like a heart attack. So I went to the ER so many times. They kept telling me I had anxiety. I had vertigo. I had this strange like nerve pain in my legs. I had, um, and then I eventually I had like vision loss in my eye and my left eye. Mm -hmm. So at that point, yeah, they did like an MRI and they were like, okay, you have multiple sclerosis. So, um, I kind of started to think, I think I had some time after my diagnosis, like in the hospital bed before my family came. Um, and after that diagnosis where I was just kind of like sitting with myself and I was like, you know, how did this happen? Like, how did this happen mm -hmm. to me? You know? Um, and it, it started to become apparent to me that I'd really been affirming that something was wrong with me for a really long time. And as I, explored more after my diagnosis, I really realized how much I had been, um, you know, stressed, obviously, in my body. So that's one trigger. And then secondarily, I had really been affirming from a young age, I had a lot of health anxiety, I was like, what you'd probably describe as a hypochondriac, but not diagnosed as that. Um, so afraid of being sick, so afraid of every little symptom. And I really think that that affirmation, you know, kind of led to a more stressed state, which I think helped to manifest this whole disease state in my body. So I was like 27, I guess. Yeah. And I had two, you know, pretty serious autoimmune conditions. And I started to really take a look at my life and, um, you know, the fear of, you know, ending up in a wheelchair, you know, ending up in a position that I, you know, I couldn't, you know, function in the way I'd known how to function for so long. And, um, and I think that's where I really started to evaluate what I wanted to change and the life I actually wanted to live. And that has helped me to shift out of the busy advertising career into something that's much more aligned for me. And over the past five years, I've begun a self-healing journey and I'm completely in remission. I haven't had one uh, relapse whatsoever with MS um, or Crohn's. And um, my neurologist just told me last, uh, maybe maybe last month, that I, uh, I am one of the lucky ones who doesn't need to be medicated for MS. After five years, they, you know, they kept telling me that they wanted me to be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's been a beautiful journey. And a lot of things I shifted and changed in my life that I attribute to that self healing. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. And now I'm in a really um, in a, a position to, you know, ho hopefully support other people who are experiencing something like this, um, and guide them and support them through their own self healing journey. I mean, that is amazing. I can't even, there's so much I want to pick apart from that. But I mean, at the age of 27, being, you know, diagnosed with something like that must be so terrifying. Like how, I guess we talk about that fear state. I'm also a hypochondriac, also not <laughs> medically diagnosed as such, but very much so. Um, I am guilty of going on WebMD and Googling all kinds of things and assessing myself with them. Yes. Um, and I've always been like that as well. Um and I'm wondering, like, when you're in that moment, because that's a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is like courage and fear, like, and you're getting diagnosed with these very serious 
um, conditions at a pretty young age. Like, how did you get yourself together? Because it kind of sounds like you went on a self-healing journey, you know, you started a business, all this kind of stuff. But there must have been a point there. Like, how did you get the courage or the motivation or like inspiration, I guess, to start realizing that you needed to really shift your the way you were living? Yeah, you know, um, I had I, like, and we'll, we'll probably get a little woo-woo on this podcast because that's just who I am. <laughs> but, you know, I had almost, almost like a moment where it was like a voice. It was my voice, but it was, it felt, felt like it was like outside of me. And it was like, I don't want to be sick. I remember laying in the hospital bed being like, I don't want to be sick. And it was the first time I ever really said that to myself. And that gave me a lot of power somehow. Like, I don't know if I was just at rock bottom and I, you know, somehow summoned the courage to, you know, tell myself that because for so long I had just been like, I'm sick, I'm sick, something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, you know, and obsessed with that, um, with that kind of fear. But yeah, after that point, I had a beautiful gift and that gift was, they never sent in my referral to the MS clinic at St. Michael's in Toronto. They actually just, it didn't happen. And there was already quite a long waiting list to get into that clinic. So there was this like three month period that I was just waiting to hear about my next appointment where I had been told I had MS and I hadn't been given any medication. And I was just supposed to kind of wait <laughs> until my appointment was coming up at this neuro with this neurologist at the MS clinic. And that felt so um, upsetting and frustrating at the time. But when I look back on, on it now, it was actually such a beautiful gift uh, because it gave me the power to, that I, I kind of employed to start my self-healing journey because I had to do something, right? Like that's my nature. We talked a little bit about type A personalities. I would definitely have described myself as that back then. I was like, well, I'm not going to just do nothing. I can't do nothing. So I started to do a lot of research on different diets and different mindfulness practices. And, um, and I think that's where I started to get a little bit of confidence with each thing that I did because I started to feel a lot better, right? I started to feel better. I changed my diet within a week. I started to feel like the brain fog had lifted and I wasn't getting that nerve pain anymore. And then I started a yoga practice and that started to help me feel good. And so each little step I took helped me to get to a new place of confidence and made me feel more brave and made me have more courage to take another step further and another step further. And, you know, at the three month mark, I went into the doctor confident as anything saying, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much free now. I don't know that I need to be on medication because I'd done my research and MS medications and DMTs, as they call them, disease modifying therapies are symptom management. There's nothing that slows the progression of MS. Um, So they wanted me to have, you know, symptom management. And I'm like, I don't have any symptoms. So I, I think having, when I looked at myself compared to that day in the hospital bed, getting diagnosed to that point, walking into the neurologist and saying, I'd like to try it on my own. Um, I think I summoned a lot of that within myself by trying different things and allowing myself to see how those things were working for me and having a lot of faith in those things that I was doing. And I feel like I'm a person that needs to kind of get backed into a corner a bit <laughs> before I yeah. make those big life lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't want to slow down my life for anything. I had, you know, career aspirations. I wanted to go somewhere and be something big. And, um, and it wasn't until I kind of got pushed into that point of, you know, rock bottom that I was like, okay, I need to, 
I need to reassess and reevaluate and change my whole perception and perspective about what's important. I mean, that is, that is really inspiring. And I, I mean, I hope for a lot of people listening to this, like that you can take away a few things from what Natalie was just talking about. Like, you know, the idea of like taking little small steps. So you don't have to all of a sudden become like vegan paleo, you know, getting <laughs> up at five in the morning, doing like 18 meditations a day to change your self care and your health and wellness. Like you can try little things. And it sounds like you kind of did your own little like test and learn, like you were trying different mm-hmm. things to see what would make you feel better. Um, and that's always what I recommend just generally in business. But I think it totally makes sense for like self-care routines too, because not everything works for everybody. Um, there's like no one size fits all kind of thing. It's just kind of being more intuitive and I think in tune with your body. So I can totally appreciate that. Um, speaking about right now, so let's talk a little bit more about your business that you're working in right now and what you do. So you have a lot of titles next to your name. So you've got a lot of things that you do. So what is like the overall mission of your business and why does that matter to you? Yeah. You know, it's so funny you say that because whenever I try to explain this to anybody and what I'm doing, people are like, wow, that's like a lot of stuff. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's just so in my nature to, get into something and then want to learn everything about it and then want to help other people learn about it. So yeah, so I, um, I think as I've been on this journey, I've picked up certain things that have really worked for me. Um, so meditation has been a huge thing for me. So um, I became a meditation instructor. Um, EFT tapping has also been a really big help. So I did a little bit of work on that. Um, and then Reiki has been a big help for me. So I wanted to become a Reiki practitioner. I think it all just lends itself to, you know, as something works for you, you just so badly want to share it with other people <laughs> if it might work for them. So, um, so yeah, I started to get all these certifications and then uh, became a mom two and a half years ago and uh, had a natural birth. And I really felt connected to that experience. So I wanted to also become a doula. Um, so yeah, so there's been a lot of little things. And I think, you know, if I had to put it into you know, one sentence, it's really the goal of mind your own is just to empower people to um, take their healing into their own hands or become an active participant in their healing. Because I think so much of of our experience in healing is so hands off, you know, we go to the doctor, they hand us a prescription, and we go home and take it. And we are disconnected from the healing process in that way. And I'm not saying never, I would never say don't take medication. I medication is incredible. It has saved the lives of so many people I love. Um, it's I'm not at all into medication, but I really am, you know, for being an active participant. So what I see symptoms as um, are kind of like a smoke from a fire. This is how it was once described to me. And I always think of this, you know, the smoke from a fire and you can wave away the smoke as much as you want, but until you address the fire and actually put that fire out wherever that source is, where the problem is coming from, um, you're just going to keep having new symptoms and different symptoms coming up. Um, And that can be energetic. It can be emotional. It can be mental. It can be, you know, physical. There's so many ways that we can address, you know, whatever's going on in our, in our bodies and, in our minds. Um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm at and what I, I want to, um, empower and encourage people to do. So yeah. And I, I also want to be an example of that because I think that can be expansive, right? I searched and searched for somebody like, like me when I was diagnosed with MS who I could relate to, who could be an expander for me to, to see what's possible. Um, because I really felt connected to, um, the natural, 
methods of healing and, and self-healing. And I, I struggled to find someone like that. So I wanted to create a community too, where people could, you know, connect with that type of, um, of self-healing and, and empowering themselves to start to heal. I, yeah, I totally agree with your analogy that you used there with like the fire and the smoke, like yeah, often our medical system that at least my experience with it, and we're both Canadians. So full disclosure is that if you, and we have medical care included, which is really great, but um, you know, you go to a doctor with an issue um, and maybe let's say your back hurts or something like that. And they're like, well, here's a prescription for whatever um, pain relievers or something. Um, but then at the end of the day, there's a reason why your back is hurting. It's something, maybe it's how you're sitting, or maybe you are working too much or you're hunching over, or maybe there's something else going on. Like there's very much a symptomatic treatment kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs right now, um, after <laughs> what's happened this whole year of 2020, like being, you know, we talked about it before we started recording, but that idea that this full year has really been like activating that fight or flight mechanism for a lot of entrepreneurs just from the ups and downs of the pandemic like you know there's a lockdown there's not a lockdown you can do this you can't do this sales are up sales are down like it's been supply chains have been totally messed up for almost 100 percent of people even who run, run businesses even if they're doing well um, supply chains have been very um, stressful and shipping and all that kind of stuff so you know, I think collectively, I want to speak on behalf of all entrepreneurs listening to it, but a lot, I feel like a lot of us are experiencing that kind of burnout feeling. Like we feel like, whoa, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but like, where does one even start? So let's say somebody is like, after this year, they're feeling like, whoa, that was a lot. Like, what are like some, you know, you talked about EFT, like, what are some easy, um, tips or advice you have for somebody who may not have a like may not have a disease per se but they're experiencing mm -hmm. symptoms maybe that are kind of new to them or feelings of like tiredness or anything like that like is there any simple tips where somebody could begin to start feeling better so that they're, they're more energized for 2021 yeah, absolutely. And I just love the way you put that. Like, I mean, not any, you don't have to wait till you're in a corner like I was <laughs> to make changes to support your healing and your health, you know, um, and you touched on this before about just the uniqueness of individuals and how there's nothing that will work for everybody, right? And we, we need to take it upon ourselves to see what works for us. So I just actually had this conversation with my husband the other day and we were just talking about like, you know, the fact that we, we know what habits are good for us and what habits are bad for us, right? We, we know what feels good and what doesn't feel so good. So really the first thing I would say is just getting in touch with yourself and that really comes in those quiet moments. So I always recommend meditation. Meditation has been probably the number one thing that has supported my healing journey. And I feel like meditation doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged with your hands in a, a mudra. It, it can be literally anything, right? It can be going for a walk in nature and just trying to quiet your mind and tune in. It can be doing a visualization in the shower of, you know, the water washing away any stress and just trying to, to quiet your mind and tune in. Like, it's really about quieting your mind and tuning in and not being on, you know, a thought pattern and going, you know, attaching thoughts to every single one that comes into your mind. And that's practice. It takes time to do that. But 
I think when you start that, you can really start to identify for you yourself what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And from there, that's your self-care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For some people, taking a bath um, with Epsom salts, is that's their number one self-care. For some people, taking a bath is gross for them. They don't like taking a <laughs> bath. Like, you know what I mean? I, I have really, I, I used to have like a little list and I was like meditation, movement, journaling, you know, <laughs> doing gratitude lists, you know, self-love, you know, and, and body love practices, affirmations. Those are the things I did, but I've learned over the, especially over the past year in this work that it doesn't work for everybody. Right. So the number one thing I would say is yes, meditation, because that allows you to start to listen to yourself in a different way and detach from your thoughts and get quiet and understand how you feel in a different way. The other thing I would say is feeling your feelings, right? I think as entrepreneurs, as people who are type A, who are, you know, motivated and incredibly powerful in their output, it, it's really hard to slow down and like feel your feelings. So you know, that's something that I had to change too, is, you know, when you get into spirituality and all that type of thing, there's often this type of bypassing that happens where it's like, let's focus on the good because then we'll manifest more good. And, you know, what I've learned too in 2020 is that we need to focus on our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. We need to understand what we're feeling and work through those feelings and give ourselves time and space to feel those feelings, even if they're challenging feelings, because that's what gives us, you know, the opportunity to heal from that versus shoving them down. And they're going to come up in different ways, whether it's a physical ailment or something else. So, you know, my main things would be feel your feelings, see how you actually feel about this year, and then getting in touch with yourself and understanding what feels good and what doesn't. And you can make a list. Like I think in Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, she said she made like a poster in her office of all the things that are good for her when she's feeling a bit down, you know, versus, you know, ordering fast food or eating mm -hmm. something bad or, you know, binge watching something that's not doing anything for you, taking a walk in nature, you know, reading a, a book that helps and supports you meditating, you know, drinking a nice glass of water, like whatever it is for you that makes you feel connected and good. I'd say that's where you have to start. And a good way to start to determine that is through meditation. That's such great advice. I, I love meditating. I'm not normally very good at doing it. I do it about once a week, but for the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to do it every day. Beautiful. Um, and it makes such a difference. I use the Calm app and they just have like a short, like 10 minute meditation that you can do um, every day. The daily calm, they call it, <laughs> so good. Um, which I've been. I love today. Calm app. It's so good. It's so yeah. like accessible, you know? Yeah. And there's definitely, there's other ones like Headspace and uh, there's a few other ones on Vanna, but I like, um, I think the type A in me really likes calm because it's like easy to categorize like what you're feeling, <laughs> what kind of meditation you need that day. Um, but you make such a good point that like a self-care routine doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a 60 minute workout, you know, walk your dog, drink the green juice, do this thing. Yes. Like, <laughs> because that in itself starts to feel very overwhelming for an entrepreneur who's already time starved. A lot of mm -hmm. my listeners are solopreneurs, so they don't even have anyone working with them yet. So, um, you know, just adding that extra thing in the day can feel like overwhelming, but 
I personally know just from my experience in entrepreneurship that it was, it's been very hard on my body. Um, you know, in 2017, I haven't talked about this a lot, but I was, um, I just gotten a brand new puppy, my dog Harlow, and I was at my ex's place and we were cooking and I took something out of the oven and, uh, with like an oven glove on. And then I put it on the stove. It was like a, a, like a simmer pan that you could put in the oven. And then I went back and I grabbed it with a bare hand on the stove because I was so sleep deprived from the puppy. I love Harlow, but I was so (laughs) sleep deprived. And the second I did it, like I grabbed it and it was like 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Like I had like first degree burns, like it was so bad. Um, And my, I got a huge infection in my hand because my immune system was just so over, like it wasn't able to keep up because the stress at that time, we were growing 300% over the year prior, which was exciting, but growth can also create a lot of anxiety and stress as well Mm -hmm. in its own weird way. Um, And it took me like a month, I think, to heal from that, if not more, and I still have scars on my hands from it. So, you know, it's a bit of an embarrassing story, but it, it speaks to the fact that I was totally not thinking right. Like I was not tuned in. I was not practicing self-care. I was just kind of going from moment to moment, which is, I think, a little bit relatable to people because you get caught in busy times of your your career or entrepreneurship. And it's just like, you go, 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 but your body can't go, go, go forever. <laughs> like it needs to have that release along with this, you know, those, those motivating times. So I think those, those pieces of advice are really important. Um, I thought it might be helpful actually to talk a little bit about EFT because I've done EFT myself. Um, in particular, I did it, I discovered it when I was in my corporate career still, and I was trying to quit my job. Um, to be an encircled full-time, but I was really struggling. So I was feeling quite, I guess, frustrated or depressed with that process. Can you explain what EFT is and what some of the benefits are of it? Yeah, absolutely. I did just want to say to what you said about um, entrepreneurship and just the sustainability of that type of thing. And, and something that I've realized too in my changes and growth is, you know, you're going, 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 going. And then what are we doing it for? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we and what are we what's, obviously, we have these beautiful big dreams. And I think that that is just the lifeblood of being in this society right now and being in this, you know, time in this day and age, and getting to witness all these people like living out their dreams and creating so many beautiful things. It's just unbelievable. Like even, you know, witnessing you and how you share about entrepreneurship in such a beautiful and candid way. But also for me, when I took a step back from my advertising career, and I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, what was that for? Like what, you know, what was that satisfying and, and let me slow down and enjoy a little bit more. You know what I mean? Because I think that, that, you know, it's so important to create and to listen to those beautiful, you know, gifts within us, but also to take a step back and like really try to enjoy, right. And, and enjoy the fruits of our labor because, we don't know what's going to happen if COVID taught us anything, you know what I mean? Nothing is guaranteed. So it's just so beautiful um, to to slow down. And I just loved, I've just loved watching you um, share so, so beautifully and so candidly and like almost like comically sometimes about (laughs) just what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think that lightens it, you know what I mean? It makes it, it's like 
oh yeah, I'm doing this because I really love what I'm doing and, and reminding ourselves of, of the why. Right. So yeah, I just wanted to say that before, but yes. Yes. Why is everything. (laughs) I always say that to coaching clients. Like if you're not connected to why you're doing this, I wouldn't even bother starting a business because it's just, it won't be worth it at some point. You have to feel very passionate and connected to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, And also that you make such a good point, like being able to enjoy the journey, because one thing I learned like fairly early on in entrepreneurship is like, it is a journey. It's never going to be um, safe or predictable. You know, that's not what we sign up for. So you have to learn how to take joy in those moments when you do have them. So, so such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for, for EFT, um, you know, that's just something I started as well. One of my things that I tried um, on my process of self-healing. So um, EFT is, is short for emotional freedom technique. So basically it's, um, it's kind of like an affirmation slash um, acupuncture point tapping um, that you do at various points um, in your upper body and around your head. And um, it supports release um, of thought patterns. So usually it goes something like, even though I feel like my body is shutting down on me, I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. And you repeat those affirmations um, in a sequence. And there's different numbers of times you can do each one um, while you're tapping a specific point on your body and then moving down to the other point. And you kind of rate your feelings about that specific statement at the beginning um, of, of the process. And then at the end of the process, you rate it again and you try to keep going until you're at a point where you're like, okay, that doesn't hold as much meaning for me anymore. Do you know what I mean? So I know you know what I mean because <laughs> you've done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't have like the technical description in front of me, but that's, that's how I would describe, um, my process with EFT. And, um, it's actually interesting because it's just the power of spoken word. I think that really plays, comes into play here as well as connecting it to specific points on our, our bodies. Um, that same kind of points you would use for, for acupuncture, acupressure. And, um, yeah, I just feel like that spoken word is so incredibly powerful. Um, it really helps to just be like, I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself, like to really go there and be like, wow, I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself despite my darkest thought about myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just been um, such a beautiful thing for me. And I actually, um, I only use it. It's not something I do every day, like meditation, but I really use it when I'm having anxiety. So Mm -hmm. sometimes like, for example, a few weeks ago, I woke up with (laughs) like my arm was asleep. And that's very triggering for me mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's an MS symptom. And I'm like, I have to remind myself that a lot of people wake up. <laughs> I'm like, oh my but, God, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like numbness and tingling. Oh my gosh. And, and it's easy. Like no matter how far I come, no matter how many years have gone by that I haven't had a relapse, it's easy to get triggered and be like, oh my gosh, down the spiral, down the anxiety spiral. And and freaking out. So that's that those are the times that I call on that. And it doesn't have to again be anything to do with physical health. It's like even though I you know I'm afraid of this this or this, I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. So I have a bit of information about it on my site and if you have questions about it you can reach out and we can create like a a mantra for you to use. But yeah, I I think it's like just one of those ways and and lately something else that's really been working for me 
for releasing thought patterns is breath work and breath work is um really <laughs> incredible it's really i feel like it's come um of age a lot in the past couple of years and um there's so many incredible breath work teachers and i can uh, share a few that i've i've done um classes with who you know have these incredible um patterns of breathing that really help to just release things from your body and your mind. And I've been like weeping during a session before so many emotions come up. Um, and that, you know, that's something else that I think kind of is the same for me as, as EFT because EFT also has made me cry before too, and have those emotional releases. Yeah. Those are two really easy to integrate practices too. So if you're just getting started with this kind of stuff, I'm sure there's, as you mentioned, Natalie, if there's anybody you want to recommend for them to follow, but yeah. I know if you know Brad Yates from yes yes on YouTube yeah. that's yeah. Who, who I learned EFT from was Brad Yates which is like I don't know he's like a dad <laughs> yeah yeah he's like not what you'd expect at all he's not like a new agey person at all <laughs> so weird but he is so good and his voice is very cathartic um but I definitely think those are things that you could easily integrate into your you know, daily routine or do them in your weekly routine or whatnot. And I've personally found EFT very helpful for shifting out of, you know, periods of anxiousness. So if like, you know, your production order gets screwed up and sent to the wrong place or if customer service is crazy, like you can really sit down and, and take a break from your computer and tap into some of these recommendations that Natalie's made um, and really start to integrate them into your day to make yourself feel better and really bring down your, your anxiety level for sure. Um, yeah, you just said something so magical too. Is like in those moments of stress and anxiety, like one of the most magical things you can do is just give yourself a second, like take yourself out. And whether it's like doing some deep breathing, doing an EFT sequence, like whatever you you can do in those moments. But like often we resist that so much. We're like, I need to fix this right now. I need to, I, I can't, I don't, there's not a minute to spare. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to like completely, you know, disregard everything else and focus in on this. And I am definitely guilty of that. That's my default. I would, I would want to, you know, fix things immediately, but sometimes we'll be so much more effective if we just take that little minute for ourselves to just reset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. That's amazing advice. We always know what's best for ourselves. It's just yeah. whether or not we choose to do it sometimes. You know, yes. Sometimes yes. you've had a really bad day. I, I say you, I say I've had a really bad day <laughs> and I'll just go on the couch and I will order in some Uber Eats and I'll yeah. there and watch Love Island for two hours because I just cannot <laughs> deal with the garbage fire that is going on. Yeah, but that could be your self-care. That could be your self -care. Like, I actually asked somebody who, like, I really admire, who's, like, very incredible. She's a, She was my naturopath, and she's just given me so much beautiful advice over the years. And I'm like, so what's your self- I had her on my podcast, and I was like, so what's your self-care regime? And I was waiting for her to be like, I do dry brushing, and then I do this, and I do that. And she's like, literally Netflix on the couch with my husband. That is my self-care. <laughs> like, putting my kids to bed and having that time. And, like, again, like, maybe when you're so entrenched in what you're doing all day, I totally believe that that could be a form of, you know, tuning in for you and just having a minute and relaxing. It's, it's mm -hmm. so true. So let's, before we get into the, a few hot seat questions to wrap yeah. up the podcast, um, is there anything you want to talk about that's next for your brand or your business or um, anything you want to share with uh, the audience? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so many things I'm, 
I'm kind of expanding towards. So I am going to be coming out with a course in 2021, um, just a self healers course, really. So it's going to support um, people who were in my position five years ago, maybe who have had a physical diagnosis that they're, um, you know, wanting to become an active participant in the healing process. So just some temp- some tips and tricks and coming to an accepting place about where we're at, and then how we can help to shift um, out of the mindset of being in this disease state and and getting into a mindset of healing. So that's going to be something that's coming out probably in like Q1. We're getting close now. So I'm excited about that. Um, And also, uh, I've been getting really into human design lately. And I know you and I have kind of touched on it. Um, But I'm doing um, a course now to become a reader for that because I'm finding that so many people, um, if you want, if you don't know much about human design, it's a long story about what it is, but it's kind of like an astro- astrological type um, personality um, uh, assessment. And it, and it gives you this kind of understanding about the type of worker you are, the type of healer you are, <laughs> the type of person you are. And I've just found that so many people really connect to their human design type. And I really have connected to mine. And it's really changed my perspective on some of my personality traits that I used to be like, oh, that I don't like that about myself, you know, and, and giving myself more um, grace and reverence about those characteristics. And I think it's just been a beautiful journey to learn more about it. So again, in my typical fashion, I'm like, let me become a reader so I can <laughs> support other people. But yeah, so those those two things are probably big. And, you know, becoming more active in my doula space is something that's a goal too. Um, I finished my training right around the time COVID hit. So I had a few births scheduled that I couldn't be at. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to um, do some more birth work this year as well, um, hoping that some of the restrictions will be lifted so I can be in the hospital with um, those people or at the home birth. So yeah, that's what's next for me. <laughs> Are you a manifesting generator? I'm a, I'm a manifester. Are you a manifesting generator? No, I'm a generator. I only, yeah, I thought you were a generator. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like shocking. And then I was up at like one in the morning reading all these websites and I was like, Oh my God, what is a gate? Like, I'm so confused. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely gaining popularity. And so is breath work. Actually, they're kind of like Mm. trending right now, I would say. For sure. (laughs) sure They're trending. And (laughs) you are actually such a generator. Like my husband's a generator and like what lights you up gives you more energy. So I totally see that in you. And um, yeah, it's just been because you're like, sometimes I see you and you're like 1030 life of an entrepreneur working. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like with with my type, it's like you can have these spurts of energy and then you really need to rest or else <laughs> you're completely useless. So yeah, it's just yeah. been cool to, uh, to see like people like you and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so many entrepreneurs are generators because they just have this like boundless energy that's so beautiful for yeah. creating. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes it needs degenerating. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's yeah. okay. We'll work on bringing my, myself down a level <laughs> in 2021. Um, okay. So let's move into the hot seat questions. We'll just pick up on a few. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite business book that you've ever read? So this was such a good question when you sent them over. I think it would be Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Um, So, you know, that's, I feel like business books for me are just like any kind of books around like co-creating, manifesting. So that one was really um, life-changing for me in terms of like changing my perspective about what I can create and my, what success looks like for me and what, how I can achieve my goals in a different way. So yeah, that one. 
I've never read that one, so I will add it to the list for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'll like it. Coffee, tea, or something else? Oat milk latte. That's oh. <laughs> that's my favorite ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, it's like one or two a day for me right now because <laughs> I have a two year old. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Toddlers, yes. <laughs> you need like five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, if you had a thousand extra dollars in your business, what would you spend it on? Like, I mean, I could probably come up with like a very noble answer, but honestly, probably a course, another course on something <laughs> that I want to learn about because <laughs> yeah. I, I love, that just makes me feel so ignited when I do that type of thing. So, yeah, you're definitely multi-passionate, but I think it makes sense for the type of healing work you're doing. So, um, I, I loved courses too. So I'm a course junkie as well. So I'm with you okay, on that. Good. <laughs> um, what's your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Um, probably almost 30. That's always been um, such a mind expanding podcast that I think uh, just if you're woo curious, I'll say that's such a great podcast to get into. <laughs> There's so many, it's like a buffet of beautiful spirituality and manifestation and all that type of thing. And yeah, it's cool. You don't have to be almost 30 to listen to it. No, you do not. I don't think they're, they're not even almost 30 anymore. They're older than 30. Over 30. <laughs> Um, if you could wear one outfit on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be? I mean, you changed my life with the dressy sweatpants and the sweatshirt. I sweet, like, I remember we did a live together and I was like going on and on about it. And you're like, I did not pay her to say this, but I literally <laughs> love it. It's so comfy. And I think my next investment, because I love rompers will be a romper because oh, it's yeah. literally, yeah. Cause I just love rompers. Cause I love like nothing constricting me around my belly and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I think a romper, like a, an encircled romper, probably <laughs> with that type <laughs> of soft fabric. <gasps> Awesome. So as we wrap this up, I want to make sure that everybody is able to connect with you online. So maybe just what's your podcast called? Where's the best place to find you on the web? And what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, awesome. So yeah, the podcast is called the Mind Your Own Life podcast. Definitely listen to the episode with Christy. It was so enlightening. Um, and then you can find me at, um, at mindyourown.life on Instagram and same website, mindyourown.life. So yeah, I have all my offerings there too, if you want to check them out. And we're going to link to all of Natalie's um, accounts in the show notes, as well as to her recommendations for her faves from the hot seats as well. Um, so thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. This was so educational. I feel like I learned so much and I know that all the entrepreneurs listening to this, hopefully will take a pause and just at, at, at a minimum, just evaluate like how you're feeling right now and really start to yeah. tap back into those feelings. Cause it can be very easy to like numb yourself. I think as an entrepreneur from both the lows and the highs, because sometimes that entrepreneurial journey can be very much a roller coaster and that in itself can be very exhausting. So I love that idea that you put forward towards actually tuning into how you were feeling in the moment and, and letting yourself feel your feelings. I mean, these are very basic things, but they're things that we take for granted and we often forget um, to do in all of the busyness of the daily life. So thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much. I just love connecting with you in any way. And um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that 2020 brought us together. So can't wait to see what comes in the future for you. Thanks. <laughs> Talk to you soon. 
for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.